Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. We're going over the Psalms of Lament, and uh, we're going to be crying out to the Lord as we did this morning in the middle of these sermons. I don't know that I'll do this every time, but these today, both this morning and this evening, have prompted me at different points that I want to stop and pray, and we'll do that. We'll do exactly that, and I hope that you will join me in those prayers, because while I'm praying on behalf of the congregation, I am leading in that prayer, uh, you need to take these prayers to heart and cry out to the Lord with your own heart needs. We'll begin by reading in Psalm 6. I'll begin with verse 1. We'll read down to verse 10, and then we will uh, pray together after we read this. Here's what the Lord says, or rather his word says to us. Here's what it says. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my, vo- my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of mine enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Let's pray to the Lord. Lord, we need your mercy upon us. I don't know who all is listening, Lord, but I know that you know who is listening to this, and I'm asking for your mercy on them. There are unbelievers, people who have never trusted in Jesus Christ. Please have another moment of mercy for them to hear this truth of the gospel and to be saved, to be converted, to put their faith in Jesus Christ. I'm asking for mercy for believers this evening, Lord people who are struggling with sin, who have yet to, to, to struggle to blood, as the book of Hebrews says, get to that point of just taking on whatever it takes, to take whatever it takes. They've just not been willing to do that, Lord, and they've just been limping with that sin for so long. I pray that you'll give them mercy and allow them to find confession, allow them to find forgiveness. Lord, I pray on behalf of the entire congregation of McConnell Road Baptist Church, I'm praying because I know we're human beings and we are represented in this song. And there's sin in us. There, are weak, there is weakness in us. We know that you are going to do a great work. We are expecting that. We are anticipating that. But Lord, I pray that you will be merciful to us to find judgment first here at the house of, this, of, your, of our God. Find judgment here in our hearts first so that you can work, certainly do a work in us, but prepare us 
for the work you're going to do in our community. Please, God, help us to find your mercy. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As I preached on Wednesday night, I genuinely believe that we need to, as Joshua said to the children of Israel, to sanctify ourselves. We need to get ourselves ready, and he says to them, you need to get yourself ready because God is going to do wondrous works. He's going to do some amazing things. I genuinely believe that God is going to do a work. I, I don't know what exactly he's going to do. I, I dare not put a time frame on it or even put any details more than that. I just know that God is ready to work at any moment. I, I believe that in times of crisis like this, this is, I, I, I was listening to someone talk the other day really more in a business setting, but they were saying that in times of crisis like this, this is when great companies are formed. And you look back through the history of of corporations and businesses that's absolutely what happens is in these times of crisis there's innovation that happens interesting things that happens and I believe the exact same thing happens in the church when there's times of crisis when the world is in trouble when the world is in danger that's when the church which who has the answer his name is Jesus that's when the church when the church has an opportunity to truly give the world something by the way just as a side note what we don't need to be giving the world is more of this easy believism this this prosperity gospel if you name it claim it kind of garbage we don't need the world does not need that right now what the world needs is something real and something solid that they can hang on to and they can hang on to jesus that you he will never let you go he will never let you go but I want you to know that in times of crisis like this, I believe the Lord works in amazing ways. But I want to, one of the things that I think the church has got to do, the modern American church, we're McConnell Road Baptist Church. We're a modern American church. By any stretch of the imagination, that's what we are. What we have got to do is we have got to purify ourselves. We have got to sanctify ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves. So when I read Psalm 6, I'm reading what this church, what you folks myself included what we need to be doing and that is calling out to god god lord have some mercy on us yes we can complain about the world around us and we and we have a right to do that it's a mess out there but judgment begins at the house of god the bible says and we need to start here first if we ever expect our neighbors and our families and our and our general community to have any kind of turn to god we have got to turn to god so we have to start where the psalmist starts here. Lord, have mercy on us. He says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. God's, God's rage and God's anger is way too much for us to handle. It is more than we can handle. Did you know that's why Jesus prayed in the garden, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me course he went on to say thank the lord nevertheless not my will but as thou wilt he does say that i'm going to do it anyway but he's asking the father if there's any way that i could let this cup what's that cup that cup is the cup of god's wrath poured out on his soul as he bore my sins on the cross his wrath the God, the wrath of an almighty righteous god is more than we can handle it's why Jesus, hanging on the cross, as the Father pours out his wrath on him, he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Which is why it is amazing to me when some people will say, and I know they say it in a, in a fit of, of bravado, of machismo, where they will say, well, only God can judge me. 
Well, that is the most terrifying, horrifying prospect in the world. To be honest with you, as much as your judgment of me might be wrong and I might be upset with it, I would much rather a man judge me than God judging me. You know why? Because it is the kind of judgment that will destroy you. Revelation 19 says that he treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. In Revelation 20, here's the judgment that we'll have to face. I want you to hear this. This is Revelation 20, beginning in verse 11. I'm going to read a little bit of a passage here, but I want you to listen here. He says, the revelator John says, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open and another book was open which was the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written there written written in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. There's going to come a day where there will no longer be mercy. There is nothing, no more, no more days of grace. It will be done. There will be a judgment cast. Your books, your name's either in the book or it's not, and you will be cast in the lake of fire for eternity. That's the kind of judgment. That is the kind of rage that our God has. He will put us in hell for eternity. And the psalmist here is asking God, please don't. Please don't judge me in your rage. Please don't judge me in your anger. It's more than I can handle. And I want to ask my God, please, Lord, please, please do not judge us, especially those who are not believers. Please do not judge them in your anger right now. Your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross. He bore your shame he bore your your uh, their shame he bore your rage lord he he's already taken care of that give them another moment give them grace to hear and understand that the sins that you that they have on them have been paid for in jesus and father please do not please do not judge this church in your rage we know we're under your grace we know that but please i believe that you have more use for us we have days ahead of us until Jesus returns that you can use us. Please, Lord, give us more space. Have mercy. Have mercy on us. Do not judge us in your rage. We ask this in Jesus' name. God has got to have mercy. We won't be able to withstand it if he doesn't. He goes on to say in verse 2, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. See, this is what sin does to us. When we have sin, it makes us weak and helpless. I also think, by the way, just, just so y'all can think about sin in the right way, I think this is actually one of the, it's like, if you want to think about sin as a virus, forgive me, if you want to think about sin as a virus, this is one of the ways it attacks us. It comes at us and, and it takes away our willingness, our, our willingness and ability to do anything. That's why some of you are walking around with sins that you have worked on and wrestled with and got dirty with for decades now. You have been dealing with this for decades. And if you were ever confronted by it, 
If you ever got past the denial stage, which most of us would deny it the minute we're confronted with it, but if you ever got past that, you would say, well, it's just too much. I can't handle it. It's just too hard. You don't understand. I just am helpless against it. This is exactly the way the psalmist felt. He says, Lord, you're going to have to have mercy on me. I am weak. He talks about himself as being weak, as he's frail. He even says, heal me because my bones are vexed. My, that the bones there is not just the bones themselves, but actually sort of representative as a framework for his whole body. His whole body is just shaky. That's what the word vexed is. He's just, if you can just imagine being feeble and frail, and some of y'all don't have to imagine too hard because that may be where your body is right now. But he's saying that my body is actually physically weak. I can't fight this sin anymore i'm physically weak against it. in verse three he even says my soul is so sore vexed my soul i'm spiritually weak in fact i'm even terrified in my soul about this sin i know it's wrong i know it's hurting me i know it's destroying me and it's upsetting me and he says i don't even know how long this is going to go on but i'm upset about this lord he is begging god he says i know you have a right to judge me i know you have a right to judge me i know you have a right even he says in verse one to be angry with me i know that you have a right to do that but please god heal us heal us from the damage of sin and lord i'm begging you that the sin that we have in this in this church in this preacher in the pews that we that we normally have full the sin that's here lord it is damaging us it is ruining our testimony it is ruining and, and limiting our ability to serve you. We know that, Lord. It is making us weak. It is making us unable to do what we are supposed to do. Lord, you know that we put on a good face, but you know in our soul that we are weak in our bodies. We are weak in our hearts. Forgive us, Lord. We need your healing from the damage that sin causes. Of course, in verse 4, he says, Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Return, O Lord. I, I don't know how y'all are, but I imagine, imagine we're on the same page with this. I, I like it when I've got the favor of God. Y'all ever felt that before? There have been times. I, 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 I say this without, without the, 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 the tiniest bit of brag, bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm simply telling you what the truth of the matter is. There have been moments in my life where I knew God has blessed me right there. And that is a feeling, if you know what's going on and you're recognizing that, it ought to, I don't, and I mean this in the best, every, best sense of every word that I'm saying this, it ought to just swell you up with some kind of pride. And I mean the good kind of pride. Just say, yes, my God is on my side. And it does. I remember one of those moments for me, if you can forgive me for just a, a moment of digression, one of those moments for me was when I was ordained to be a pastor and I was at Freedom Baptist Church in Rural Hall. My daddy was up on the stage preaching, giving me the charge as a candidate. And that, my church, Freedom Baptist Church, that I had spiritually grown up in, even though I didn't spend all my life there, but I'd spiritually grown up in. And the new church that I was about to pastor, Crestview Baptist Church, uh, that was a small church. It was probably about 30 or 40 people that made the trip up from, uh, from south side of Winston-Salem up to rural hall and i'm sitting in that congregation hearing my dad give a charge to me as a pastor having that congregation like i said i, I said 30 or 40 it's probably more like 20 people that really made that trip up just having them sit there and, and knowing that they're behind me 
and I know that it was nothing to do with me. It was all the favor of God giving that to me, that moment to me. That moment just makes, it just makes me warm inside. It does. And, and we all could have stories. If we could take the time to do it, we'd have stories of God's favor. And what he's saying here is that feeling, you want that back. Because that, as good as that high feeling might be, I also am ashamed to say that I also know the feeling of being far from God. And can I go one step further? As bad as it feels to feel like you're far from God, that God is not hearing your voice, that God doesn't have his, your, his not, you don't have his ear. The worst feeling than that is you're not even feeling that. Now, I, I'll admit to you, there have been times in my life, thank the Lord it's been a while, <laughs> but there have been times in my life where I'm just oblivious, almost callous to that feeling, that I'm just going through the motions and I'm just doing what I'm doing, and it doesn't even bother me. I'm afraid there's some of y'all that are like that, that you're just doing what you're doing, and, and, and you had not talked to God in I don't know how long. You're not even missing his favor, that you don't even have a connection there. There are some of you, and I'm talking to some of you, who are not Christians, who do not trust in Jesus Christ. And what I'm talking about, this is a foreign concept to you. This is not, you don't understand this idea of the, favor of God and what that feels like you don't even understand that because you've never once trusted in him and I want to I want to beg of you you need to trust in him so that you can even feel this separation from him some of some of us Christians who have filled that separation that alone is a grace that you can feel that because you know you had a something to go back to you miss that but there are some of you that don't ever even feel that because there's not even a relationship there and I'm begging of you you need salvation you need say you need to be saved but go back to the text here he says return O lord deliver my soul what he's asking here is what i'm asking what we should be all asking is lord we we're far from your favor we want that back again we're in distress we want that back because he says in verse five for in death there is no remembrance of thee in the grave who shall give thee thanks he says lord if we're dead and gone and i think he means this both uh, literally and figuratively if i am dead in the grave i can't praise you but if i am spiritually dead if i'm basically far from you i can't praise you with the vigor that i would give you lord i i believe as a believer we want to praise the lord i think we do but I don't think we'll ever be able to do that the right way, the way that God deserves it and the way that it'll do the most for us if there are sin in the way. If there's that obstacle in the way, you'll never be able to do that. And he is saying here that that deadness, until it is gone, that there will be no praise for God. He goes on to say, in the grave, who shall give thee thanks? We need to be delivered from this kind of distress where we're having that feeling like we're far away from God because he describes in verses 6 and 7, and I, kn I know that the psalmist is using poetic language, but poetic language often and always has a root in a real physical anguish. Here's what he says here. He says, I'm weary with my groaning. He says, I'm just getting wore out. You ever been sick and tired of being sick and tired? <laughs> that's, that's what he's talking about, just being wore out, just being absolutely wore out. Wore out from the pain and the suffering of sin. 
He's saying there that in verse, in verse 6, he says that at night I make my bed to swim. He's some, there's so many tears flowing. And some of y'all are wrestling with your sin. And by the way, can I just go ahead and give you this word of encouragement? If your sin is bringing you to the point of tears, that's a good sign that the Lord is doing something in your heart. It's actually a worrisome sign if you can continue in your sin and never shed a tear, never have distress in your heart. It's when those tears are flowing, that's when the Lord is working. When that is happening, when there's distress in your heart because of sin in your life, that's when you can actually find an answer. Unfortunately, too many of us are finding our answer, but it's in the sin that we're committing. He's saying here that, that I'm, it's distressing me to the point that I'm crying every night. I'm, I, my, 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 my pillow is wet with my tears. I water my couch with my tears. He says in verse 7, I'm crying so much. My eyes are wearing out. My eyes are being consumed. And I don't know if y'all have ever cried like that. It's been a while since I've cried to that point before, but I have. Some of y'all probably have. But you just feel like you're, you're, your face can't even handle it anymore. That's what he's talking about. You're just, you're just drained. He even says there at the last part of verse 7, it waxeth old because of mine enemies. And as you know, as you age, most people, as they age, their vision deteriorates. It's just a part of the aging process. And he's saying that this weeping, this, this distress that I'm in, it's making me old before my time. It's making me old before my time. This is why he goes back to verse 4, return, O Lord, and deliver my soul. We know that we need the Lord's mercy from our sins. We, are, we need healing because of our weakness to help us fight that sin. But we have made a mess. We are in a deep, we are in a problem here. And the only one who can save us from this distress is God himself. We need him to return to us. So Lord, I'm asking you, I'm begging you to deliver us from the suffering and the pain that sin causes there are some and i'm hoping and praying that they're calling out to you right now for their needs there are some who stay up late at night concerned not able to sleep because of the guilt that they have on their hearts i pray that you'll deliver them from that guilt there are some who have the shame of the sins that they may have committed many years ago that shame they bear with them and they and, they, and it even drives them back to other sins to go deeper into the sin lord i pray that you'll help deliver that you will deliver them that you'll help them from that lord it's too much we need your help and we pray in jesus name what is amazing about this psalm is he's going pretty far down this road it's pretty dark here verses one through verse seven but verse eight the answer comes. What I'm imagining as I'm reading this, and I need you to try to help, I'm going to try to help you get there with me, but as he's crying out, I can imagine this psalmist is on his knees. God, have mercy on me. Heal me, God. Deliver me from this, God. And as he's on his knees, he's about to that last part of verse 7. He says there, my eyes are just wearing out, God. I can't cry anymore. And then the answer comes. He's able to say in verse 8, Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. I want you to hear this very plainly. 
no matter who is listening to me, this is absolute truth from God's word. If you cry out for mercy, you cry out for help, you cry out for healing, God will answer your prayer. I will, I, I will tell you, I'll beat around the bush, I'll equivocate all day long if you ask me about all kinds of, what is God's will for that? What is God's will for this? I'll just tell you flat out, so no, I don't know. But I can tell you what God's will is for your sin. It is for you to cry out to him and say, God, forgive me. And you know what he's going to do? I can promise you this. He will forgive you for your sins. He is hearing your prayer. This is not a prayer he's going to shun and push over to the side. This is not a prayer he's going to turn a deaf ear on. This is a prayer he will hear. This is a prayer he will answer. You want to pray for a million dollars? I have no idea what he's going to do about that. You want to pray for a vacation home? I have no idea what he's going to do about that. But I can guarantee you if you have sin, sin that is bothering you, sin that is weighing you down, sin that is damaging your soul, and you get on your knees and say, Lord, have mercy on me, he is faithful and he is just to forgive that sin there is no question no doubt he will forgive you he will forgive you the minute that you start that prayer this is not a slow prayer this is one that he answers the answer comes quickly he is provided do you know that's what the lord has worked all of human history out to forgive your sins it even says that he foreordained. I love that concept in the Bible, that he foreordained, in love, planned for your forgiveness. That thing that's keeping you up at night, that thing that's blocking you from being able to serve the Lord, from being able to praise God like you need to, that thing that's in the way, that thing that's actually maybe even an obstacle for God to use this church. Do you know that thing, that's why Jesus died on the cross? That thing is why Jesus was sent to this earth? That thing is why he bled was so that you could get on your knees and say, God, please show me mercy. And God is sitting in heaven, I promise you ready to pounce on that and say forgiven Amen. forgiven 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 that's what he does all you need to do is cry out to him please lord forgive me and then we can say as the psalmist says here depart from me all you workers of iniquity we can say leave me alone workers of iniquity God has already shown me mercy. I'm done with my sin. I don't need to run with you anymore. I don't need to participate in that anymore. I will do whatever it takes. I will get rid of whatever piece of equipment I need to, whatever relationship I need to, whatever connection I need to. I will lose that. I will make no provision for the flesh because I no longer want the taint of sin in my life. I want that gone from me. That is the attitude that the psalmist has here. He says, depart from me. Get away from me. I'm done with that because my Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. We can also say, as he says in verse 10, let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. I know this happens to me, so I imagine there's at least one or two of y'all that this happens to. The voice will pop in your head. I can't believe somebody like you did something like that. I can't believe somebody like you said something like that. I can't believe you, of all people, would talk like that. I can promise you, just as I can promise you the Lord will forgive, I'll promise you that the devil will bring up 
before you, he is an accuser of the brethren. He will bring it up. He will bring it up. I don't care. It might have happened 30 years ago. He'll bring it up. You know, when he'll bring it up, he'll bring it up at that moment when you thought it was taken care of, that everything was settled, everything was fine. And he'll say, you know, you're the same dude that did that. That's what he'll do. That's what he'll do. You know, the world, even some, I hate to say it, this is part of the sin that's in the camp, as it were, but even the church sometimes will do this too. Your brothers and sisters will hold something over your head that happened many years ago or maybe even recently that they should have forgiven you for and you've asked for forgiveness for. They'll hold it over your head. The point is that there are people who will come after and sort of try to accuse you and hold that over you, but when the Lord hears your prayer, he says, let all my enemies, those people who are against me, let them be ashamed. Let them, he says, those people can just leave me alone. They can just stop now because my God has heard my prayer. He has heard, what does he say there? He says, depart from me, mine enemies, and be ashamed. Let them return, ashamed suddenly. Why? Because the Lord heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Lord, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. I want to say thank you. I know that there have been at least a couple of prayers, maybe even many prayers, have been offered up in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes asking for your forgiveness, bringing those things before you, Lord, knowing that these sins are sins that ought not be named among us, but they are. We're ashamed of them. We're sorry for them, but, Lord, we're bringing them to you. And Lord, I want to say thank you for already forgiving those sins. I want to thank you for making out, working out the whole human history so that my sins could be brought to you. And I want to thank you for being faithful and just to forgive my sins. I want to thank you, Lord, for being merciful to us. Thank you so much. So what are you going to do with all this? I want to give you three things, like I did this morning, just three things to try to give you, to try to help you apply this beyond the truth that's just here, just to apply it. The first thing is, I want you to evaluate the impact of your sin. My worry in our preaching this is this psalm assumes that your sin bothers you. You see, this is, this is the thing, and I already mentioned this before, but I have to say it again. I, I think many of us fail to see that the sin that we commit, that we participate in, actually affects our health, our mind, our spirit, not even to mention the relationship between us and God. I mean, it actually, it, it actually poisons us from the inside out. And, and I, I wonder, does it even bother you? I want you to, if, you, if it doesn't already bother you, I'd like you just to spend a little bit of time with the Lord and ask him to make it bother you if it doesn't bother you. And I can promise you, you talk to the Lord long enough about, hey, Lord, help me see my sin, he'll bring up some stuff to you that you didn't even think was a problem before. I promise you, because I've had this personal experience, stuff that you didn't even think was a problem before, and you think, man, I have to get rid of that too? Yeah, that's a sin. What's your word says? 
But I want you to evaluate the impact of your sin. And again, there may be some of you that are already sensitive to this, and that's wonderful. You're praying the prayer with the psalmist, Lord, be merciful, that's wonderful. But there may be some of you that have no sense of that, that you're almost callous to your sin. I want you to think, Lord, or pray out to the Lord, Lord, please, please help me to see the impact of my sin. Second of all, I need you to assess whether or not your sin is an obstacle for God's work. I've been talking about, and I will probably continue to talk about, what I believe that God is willing and ready to do when that, as, as this thing, maybe even before, this, before everything gets opened up, I, God's going to do something. I don't know when he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I can see that he is, going, he is preparing his people to do something amazing in spite of the foolishness that's going on, in be, maybe even because of the foolishness that's going on. He's going to do something. But my question is, and what you need to evaluate is, is there something in you that is an obstacle to God using you and working through you? Now, here, here's the good news, by the way, just for everybody's sake. Y'all can be as hard-headed as you want to be. You look at Israel, and they were hard-headed. We are hard-headed. You can be as hard-headed as you want to be, and God's still going to do a work. So I, I'm not too worried about God. I'm real worried about me and you. Are we going to get the blessings of God? Are we going to be able to enjoy what he's doing? And if we have this sin and we harbor that in us, we're actually going to be on the wrong end of the stick on this thing. So we need to assess, is God really able to use me? Am I available to him, or am I a dirty vessel that needs to be purified? Ask God those questions. And seek out his word for the answer to those questions. And he'll show it to you, I believe, in the power of the Spirit. Third and final thing to, to give you what to do about this as much as the psalmist here, I believe, is he's, 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 he's pitiful. He really is in what he's saying here. I mean, you could just sense in his heart there's a, a desire to, to get this thing forgiven and dealt with. But I don't want you to read that as, as any indication that you need to wallow in your sin. I think there's some Christians that do that. They, they identify something in their life, and they're, they're just always moping about it and crying about it and falling on the altar about it. They're just wallowing in their sin. Now, be, be clear, let's mourn over our sin, but take it to the Lord. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. As I said, as you see it, I think the indication in this psalm is the psalmist is on his knees and he's crying out and he realizes as he's crying out, wait a minute, God's already forgiven me of this thing. Woo, I can praise the Lord. I think we ought to have that kind of an attitude. Bring it to him. Don't, 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 don't wallow in it. Don't think, oh, I've got to bear this burden for the next six weeks. No, no, no. Stop now. Bring it to him. Say, God, forgive me. Give me the tools through the power of the Spirit to defeat this thing. We can do this. You can do this, God, and he will. He's faithful and he is just. Do not forget that. Mercy is available in our God. Deliverance is available in our God. He forgives us. And I'm so glad. What does he say there in verse 4? Return, O Lord. He will return. Give us that favor. I want that favor of God, don't you? I do. I hope you do as well. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. 
I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.